We're going to turn tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13 and 14. I think we can teach three chapters in a few minutes. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to look. I don't know about you, but I'm loving that foundational bass voice that's been added to the worship team. <laughs> don't you love that? I do. Welcome, Neil. Glad to have you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I was, I think, brought here by something Mark said this morning. You was listening, you heard him say that he was waiting on a message in tongues this morning, but felt like he had the message, but it never came. But he recognized that the, the gifts of the Spirit were in operation, and I mentioned what Paul said to the Corinthian church to us, indeed to us, he said, I would that you speak in tongues, but I'd rather that you prophesy. It's talking about in the public setting. We're going to look at the gifts of the Spirit just briefly tonight. And with, with a cause, with a point. <laughs> you say, well, I hope so. I've, I've heard people preach before, and I didn't know really what the point was. <laughs> Have you? Making sure I was checking your pulse, making sure you is alive. Sometimes it's hard to know. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now concerning the spiritual gifts, brothers, I would not have you to be ignorant. You know that while you were Gentiles, you were carried away with these dumb idols. Dumb here doesn't mean what we throw around dumb sometimes. It means that they had idols that couldn't speak. You're carried around by these pieces of wood, these pieces of stone, these, these, these inanimate objects, these dumb idols, gods that can't speak to you. Aren't you glad you serve a God that can speak to you? I'm glad that I serve a God that has a voice in the earth today. While you were heathen, while you were Gentiles, you were carried away by dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are, I like those words right there. I'm hoping you're learning to read things the way I learned to read things, to look at what they say, what's there, what's it say. There are. You could stop right there and preach because there are. Uh, I got to get down here. Y'all not ever going to know we're in the building. There are, not there were. Come over to this side because I want you all to get it. Talking about the gifts of the Spirit, it says there are. Present tense, right now, for today, there are, not there were. 
There are various gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are various operations, but it is the same God who operates all of them. My version, my MEV says, in all people. King James, New King James says, all in all. It means that he operates all the gifts in all the people that are saved and have the Spirit. Amen? So there are, not there were, and it's for you, for everybody. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone. To who? But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. To one is given the Spirit, to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another a word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, and to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues or languages. Everybody, everybody, there's such division in the church over tongues. Everybody, I was listening to Brother Clinton and preached the other day. Obviously, it was a recording or that would have been kind of scary. It was a recording. He didn't visit me in the night or anything. But he was talking about everybody's seeking tongues or fighting over tongues. He said, tongues is not the issue. He said, seek after the Spirit of God and you'll get what comes with it. He, I, I've always laughed. I've heard him say it before. He said, I bought these shoes because I wanted shoes. The tongues come with them. I didn't have to buy them separate. The tongues come with it. Whenever, there's a, whenever the Spirit of God baptizes you, don't worry about the languages. The languages come with it. It's not tongues. It's the Spirit of God. It says to one, tongues. Various kinds of tongues. It says to another, interpretation of tongues or languages. But the one and the very same Spirit works all these, dividing to each one individually what? As he will. As he will. Then it goes on to talk about the, how, the, how the body needs each other. The hand needs the foot and so on and so forth. One can't say of the other that it's greater because we need all the parts in operation. I got to tell you today, we need all of the parts of the church in operation. And we, need all, and we, need, we still need all of the gifts to flow. Or as the more, the, the, it's actually... As much as I love the King James Version and I study out of it mostly, the better word is manifestations. There are manifestations of the Holy Spirit in His people. That is the better word. So we, we have to have all of the manifestations of the Spirit. Now as Pentecostals, we, we kind of get hung up on the languages, on the tongues, whether they're in a prayer language that everyone can have and should have. Paul, we'll talk about more of that in chapter 14 in just a minute. We're going to get there. 
But I've got to tell you that they should all, that the, the marker of a balanced church is not that they have a message in tongues and interpretation every week or whatever. That's good. That's fine. That's great. I love it. But, but the higher balance is that the gifts of the Spirit are in operation across the board, all of them. It says that He gives them to all people as He will. We need them all. I'll tell you kind of what's brought me to here. I told you, Mark, this morning when you, when you said I was waiting on the, the, the message in tongues because I knew I had the interpretation. You gave it later, but what you had was, was an open prophecy you, to edify the body of Christ. And I was actually, what an encouragement to me that you couldn't even possibly know. And I'll tell you why. Because of a man that up until a few weeks ago sat right there. Because I was thinking as we traveled yesterday, just praying in my mind, and I, I literally thought these words, what a hole Richard Hardgraves is going to leave at Mag Church. Love God, powerful man that was used in the gifts of the Spirit often. In many different ways. I, I, I thought, God, in my mind, you pray in your mind, driving and all that, I do that. God, who is going to fill his shoes? <laughs> yeah. I thought, we, don't, we, we, need to, we, need, we need more, not less. See, but God doesn't leave his church lacking. God doesn't leave His church lacking. I, I believe the mantle ha, will fall and has fallen. Step up, the Mark Suggs of the, of the place and others. Step up and, and boldly be used by the Spirit of God and His gifts. Don't ever be ashamed of it. The church has to have it. It is God, I, I, contrary to the denominational barriers that are beginning to fall, by the way. The denominational lines are beginning to crumble. I've been telling you for a good while now that the, that the days of the denominations are over. Listen, I'm glad I have, I have a covering, so to speak. I'm not real big on covering doctrine, but I do. But the Assemblies of God does give me a platform to stand on. And they do give me a, 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 a credential that says that I, I belong to something and, and, and give me the open doors, so to speak. You know what I'm saying. But the denominational lines are beginning to crumble and to blur because people are just after the things of God because of the way this world is in operation. The things that people have been told are for no longer for today. When the, when the situation gets desperate and they just begin to, to throw open the doors of their heart, God begins to move in them in ways that they didn't even believe in, if you want to know the truth. And they're starting to find out that He's the same and He's always been, but He's not changed. See, it was a weakening of the church. And frankly, I'll just be real, real blunt about it. The, the idea that came along in the church world for centuries, literally, that the gifts of the Spirit were a thing of the past, were just a lie of the enemy that weakened, that weakened the church and nearly debilitated it. And sometimes the light of the gospel in certain ages nearly completely went out because we just no longer believe the simplicity of what the book says. 
But I, here's something I want you to understand tonight about, it's, about it says there's various gifts, there's, there's different kinds of gifts or manifestation that it says these are and they're given to all and all that, that, that God has never changed his mind on the situation and how he would build his church. The promise of the Father is what Jesus himself talked about. He said, I'm going to go away so that you can have the promise of the Father, which is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes bearing gifts. Paul wrote entire, 1 Corinthians 12, where we're at, tells us what the gifts of the Spirit are. And how the body should function together. That one part's not any more important than the other. That we need, them, we need all the gifts. We need all the parts. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is not about weddings. Believe it or not. It's about that the, that the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestations of the Spirit operate in love. That you can have them all. But if you don't love people and you don't love God, that you're just a bunch of noise. Though I speak with tongues in the minute of angels, and I don't have love, I'm nothing. It says, if I offer my body to be burned and I don't have love, I'm just, a, I'm just clanging gongs and tinkling cymbal. I'm just noise. You go down and you've heard, it, you've heard me teach on a few of these things before. You go down in chapter 13 and you get to, to verse 8 and it says that love never fails. You keep reading and it talks about that there's a time coming. Yes, it's there. There's a time coming when all the gifts of the Spirit would no longer be needed. It says where there's tongues, it shall cease. Where there's knowledge, it shall cease. When? When that which is perfect is come. Listen, he hasn't came. He's coming, but he hasn't came. There's some people that's tried to teach that it was the canon of the Scripture. That when the canon of Scripture was closed, that that was what was perfect. It was the perfecting of the Word. That, that is, on the surface level, any, anybody with a, with a Vines Dictionary and a Strong's Concordance can go past that. You don't need a Ph.D. in theology to know that he wasn't talking about the canon of Scripture. But see, when you don't just simply take the Word at its Word, you have to find things to back up your opinion to be able to justify your position but whenever you just believe the word you don't have to come up with things that will that will prop up your beliefs and that will justify your position you can just go to the word and say the word of God says and it's, see, it's when, when that which is perfect has come we are looking for the second coming we are looking to the, for the church is looking to the rapture but, the, but, the, but God the heavens are looking to, to that which when that which is perfect has come and set his feet back on this earth and he rules with a rod of iron for a thousand years and then and through the kingdom age and then it'll be as it was it will be restored to the way it was created and then See, it's when he comes. It's when that which is perfect has come. It's when the, when, when the lion of the tribe of Judah returns and rules that, that, that the knowledge will cease and the tongues will be no more and all of that. Why? Because they'll no longer be needed. He'll be here. Come on, somebody. But until then, until then, whether you're a Baptist or a Methodist or, or a 
Pentecostal or, or don't call yourself anything, but you name the name of Christ, He's your Savior and your Lord. But until then, He has gifts for His church and He intends for them to operate. And the reason that we operate below our privilege today, the reason we don't see the things that, we, that, that He promised in the Word of God is when you simply believe that the things of the Spirit are not for today, what in the world can you expect? Oh, You've gone to meddling, preacher. Because see, everything that God does, He does by faith. He does when you just take... I quoted it this morning. It says that you first must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You've got to believe Him. You've got to take Him at His word. You've got to, you've got to believe that everything was or still is. If you don't believe it, it's not going to happen. Uh oh, church, come on. We've got to believe something. You say, well, I don't know, I don't know, I just don't know if all that stuff is true or all that. Just won't you try believing it? It's not, it's not like it's, 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 not like it's a, a disease that's not going to jump on you. You're not going to have to go get a shot for it. Just believe it. And who knows, but what, when you begin to believe, just what the Word says that these things are, not these things were. These things are. These things are. When you start to believe that the Bible just means what it says, and who knows, it says that he gives his gifts by his own design, that he's the one that knows who needs what and when. But some people say, well, I got the gift of tongues. Well, you can have the gift of faith and the gift of healing. You can have the word of knowledge. You can have the word of wisdom. You can have the, the gift of prophecy, the gift of faith, working in miracles. Because the Bible says, and I'm going to, when you turn the page in just a moment after chapter 13, he said to, to, he said to seek the best gift. Do you know that we can seek the things of God? Seek me, you'll find me. When you search for me with all of your heart, seek the Lord while he can be found, it says. Do you know that it says to seek? If you're his, you are, if you are his, you're an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You belong to him. Everything he has belongs to you. And to me, it belongs to me. We should walk in it. Preaching to me tonight. Preaching to me tonight. More than, more than we need to run around the building, and I told you this morning, I'm all for it. More than we need somebody to, if we still wore bobby pins, we don't do that much anymore, and I'm glad because we just need, I'm glad. But if we, if we still were shouting our bobby pins out, that would be cool too. But what we need more than anything, what we need more than anything is for the power of God to operate in God's people today. Is it, see, but there's needs met when God's people operate in His gifts. He'll give to one. He'll give you, he'll, he'll give you insight and for, some, for you or for somebody else. That you, it's a supernatural gift whenever, whenever somebody has a word of knowledge for you. Something you can, there's no, there's, there's no way you could have known it on your own, but he gives you just enough to make the right decision. Right. Or gives a word of wisdom that causes you to make the right move down the road. By the way, it doesn't say a paragraph of wisdom and a paragraph of knowledge or a whole book of knowledge, a whole book of, it says a word of. Come on, somebody. 
We need somebody that can lay hands on sick people. He said, because he imparts to some the manifestation, the gift of healing. You want to know? I've asked it. You've asked it. We've all wondered it. You want to know where, where the things are that used to be? The things that they, used to, that they used to write about? The men that they used to write about? Well, where are the people that still believe God does it? Pray believing. I've got a good question for you and for me, because this is a good question for me, because I can answer it. I'm gonna, I, and I'm going to answer it. Because I'm preaching, to the, I'm preaching to not only the choir, but to the you, and I'm hearing it to me this, this evening too. He said to seek the best gift. When's the last time in your prayer life that you sought the gifts of the Spirit? I've preached it before. I've read it. I've talked about it. But I'm going to stand right here and tell you right now, as, as the Lord lives, I have never asked. I don't think, I don't think that, I mean, I suppose I've, 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 because I operate in some of them sometimes, and I think I just, more in my own, I'm just being transparent in my own life, I've just accepted that he does, and then when he uses me, I'm thankful for it. But I'm talking about when, when's the last time that you, that you sought for you what you're, what you're wanting to see? Yeah. You want to know where the, where, the, where the healings are? When's the last time you said, Lord, I, I am a spirit-filled child of the living God. What belongs to Jesus belongs to me. What, belo what belongs to you belongs to me because I'm an heir and a joint heir. And you said that I can seek the best gift. And we got people right now that need a healing in their life. How about me? Why not me? When's the last time that somebody had a situation that you know about and if God doesn't come through, that, that, that it's not going to happen and there's no natural means by which it's going to come? When's the last time you said, God, give me that kind of tenacious faith that is a manifestation of the Spirit that I'll just believe you that you are and that you can and if I believe you on their behalf or on my behalf, then it'll, my faith will move heaven because it's a gift of the spirit and it will change the situation in a way that we could have never came up with when's the last time when's the last time that maybe there was a natural oh I've prayed in the storm before the natural storm if you've ever had an F4 bearing down on you and the weatherman says and Back home, it, was, it used to be Garrett. He retired now. But when Garrett's sleeves were up to here, that means you better take cover. And when he says it's in your neighborhood, you better, you'll pray. You'll pray. But I'm, not, I'm just praying to live, I think. When's the last time you, you prayed, Lord, if somebody in this situation doesn't pray, that we need a working of a miracle that, can, that will stand between the, the, between the destruction and the living God and, and, and believe and have, have, a, have an operation of the gift of the working of miracles happen because, see, working of miracles defies the law of nature. 
Y'all, y'all missed that one. Y'all want to shout over healing and faith and all that. But sometimes we need something that will hang nature in the balance and give, and give time to, move, to, to get into a different position. Bible says to seek the best gift. There's times this morning was one of them. Thank you for obeying. There's times that, that this morning that we needed to hear from the throne room of God. We needed him to speak by a word of, of prophecy to, his, to this body of believers. We need it because, see, it says here later in the, in, in the chapter, it says that, if I, that, that tongues are for the unbeliever, but prophecy is for the believer. Oh, we ought to park there just a second. You say, well, you've done said that, that he said that, uh, uh, that Paul said that, that you speak in tongues, but I'd rather that you prophesy. Let me, let's, let's talk about something a minute, because I don't want to get anybody confused like that, that uh, we're trying to get away from, from distinctive doctrines. Verse 14, chapter 14, 1 Corinthians 14, follow after love and desire spiritual gift, especially that you may prophesy. So I, I, it seems to me that he has highlighted one, the main thing that we ought to seek. Is that just me? Pursue love. You mean love just doesn't drop in your lap? Oh, hold on there a minute. If we're going to go to 14, we might as well talk about it. Pursue love. Everybody thinks when Jesus comes into their life that you're just going to love everybody. No, he's going to give you the ability to love everybody the way he loves people, and you're going to have to pursue it. They don't like some of the things I preach. What does that mean? That means that, that, means that there, who's the responsibility on? For them to improve to be lovable? Oh, don't y'all wish he'd left some things out? Y'all ain't hearing this. Pursue love. He's talking to me. He's talking to you. When they're not lovable, pursue love. Whenever, the, whenever, whenever it's ugly and hateful and they've done you wrong. I'm fixing to get, I'm fixing to get a chair and sit down until we, until we get something. Because, see, we know God loves us and we love God. That's easy, right? But we, but we think we don't have to love anybody until they're lovable. If, he's not, if, he, if, he's, if we understand that love from God to me and me to him is real easy and it goes back and forth that God's easy to love, then, then what other, what could he, who could he possibly be talking about when he told us to pursue love? Why? Well, Ron Cox taught me this, and I, I never get away from it, so I'll repeat it to you, about pastoring. And I, and I submit to you that it's more about pastoring, that it's just as much about being in the pew as it is anything else. It's about your everyday life. It's about your family. It's about the marketplace. It's about the workplace. He said it's 95% people and 5% other stuff. Don't worry about the other stuff. 
Now, I think all of us know, that especially uh, we've been talking about the bickering and the fighting and the division and everything that's coming because of the world that we live in. If it's 95% people and 5% other stuff, how, how come we're spending 95% of our time on the other stuff and not much of our time on the people? Hey, I preach about it all. You know that. I try, really, I, some of the things, I, most of the things I preached about the last few weeks is, is, is corrective and instructional to the church to get us in the line, to quit falling for the junk and to quit and to quit. Because let me tell you something about the people that are out there. They need to know somebody loves them. They know that the world is going to hell in a handbasket. They're aware. What a mess we live in. That's, I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to be a spiritual genius to know we're in a mess. But what we got to do is we got to find some people that will pursue love. Where did it go? Pursue love. Verse 1. Some people are, to, are like kind of hug a cactus. They're like kind of cuddle with a badger. Honey badger. Just mean because they're mean. You ever met anybody that was mean because they're mean? Just mean. Hateful. Made you want to go have dinner with them, didn't it? Once knew a lady that, man, she was, she was she's something else. She'd run all of her family off, so all she had was church people. Literally. She'd run all of her family off. They couldn't, they couldn't stand to be around her. And her landlord evicted her, and she needed to be out somewhere, needed to be moved by a certain day. She didn't have any family to move her. She didn't have the capability of moving herself. About 15 people showed up to move her, showing her the love of God, right? Church folks, that's what they were doing. They were, they, they were showing her the love. By noon, they had, all, they had all had enough of her that they left her sitting and drove off. Same lady down the road. She she driving a piece of junk for years, and it wouldn't hardly get her from doctor's appointment to this and that. And they and the men's group of the church back home went together and bought her a car. It was it was it was five or six or seven years old, but it was a decent car. She when when they presented it to her, she said, "Who in the world would want that color?" <laughs> Some people's hard to love. Some people's hard to love. It's like, it's, it's, it's like trying to get close to a cobra. <laughs> yeah. Nasty. Man, I ain't good at that all time. Because, man, sometimes I get this other spirit. You know, we're, so, we're supposed to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Sometimes I want to do unto others before they do unto me. And sometimes I just want to say, get them, Jesus. You too. So it's real, it's real, easy, to, it's real easy to stand up here and just act like this. Uh, that, you know, it's just, we just show them the love of God. And it's really, pursue love. 
pursue love. He pursued love with me. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says that God commended his own love towards me that while I was yet a sinner that he died for me. I know me. I can be I can be I better be careful what I say. I'll get more amens than I have all night. It's not a good time. I I can be hard to deal with. <laughs> Bullheaded, strong-willed. And if, you get, if I, all the conditions are right, I can just be a downright jerk. Pursue love. And desire. We're talking about the spiritual gifts tonight and if they're still here and, how, and where are they and Why? Pursue love first. Why do we pursue love? Because if you don't have love, then nothing other. Why did he tell us to pursue love? He said, if you don't have love, you don't have nothing. People don't care if you can pray in tongues if you're mean in English. Think about that. Pursue love. And desire spiritual gifts. Why do we need to desire them? You ever thought about that? Or you just skip over everything? You just skip over 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 because they're not for today. Desire spiritual gifts. Why would I need to pursue love? Because if I don't love, then it doesn't matter. He just told us that in 13. And desire spiritual gifts. Why do I need to desire spiritual gifts? I'll tell you why. Because the Spirit of God is a gentleman. And He is not going to put anything to you, through you, that you don't want. He doesn't take people over and, and, and make robots out of them and cause them to do this and cause them to do that and force them to do this and force them to do that. He didn't, he, see, he, we, he created us with a will to choose him or not to choose him, to, to desire him or not to desire him. We can, we can just try to make it to heaven by, by the skin of our teeth to have fire insurance to not go to hell or we can pursue love or we can desire his gifts. See, he wants us to desire desire him because you're you're not going to get anything that you don't desire from God. Isn't that easy? That's simple. That's not complicated. Desire spiritual gifts because if you don't desire it, you're not getting it. Not going to happen. He ain't giving it to you. Why? Because you don't want it. Just kind of a simple guy. Just take it for what it says. It says, but especially. Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. What time is it? Prophesy. He's talking in the context right here of spiritual gifts, not the office of prophet. He's talking about the, the, the spiritual gift of prophecy. Remember, the one that now is, 
there is right now there are the spirit the gifts of the spirit are so therefore now they're to the to all in all they're to all the people right pursue love desire spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy talking about the gift of prophecy what is the gift of prophecy because he points to it in particular that you should desire it. Is that what it says? There's nine, nine gifts of the Spirit, but there's one in particular that he says you ought to especially pursue. That you may prophesy. What is the gift of prophecy? All of the manifestations or the gifts of the Spirit are a supernatural act from God Himself by the power of the Holy Spirit in you and through you. Through, from God to the believer through the believer. Yes? So you got to understand... That, that the gift of faith is not somebody wished it and, it, and and coincidentally it came true. It was a supernatural, it was a supernatural bestowing of faith that gave somebody the ability to believe God for things that were just beyond them. Supernaturally. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, same thing. Gift of healing, gift of working in miracles, all the same. It's not that you happen to be the one that prayed for somebody and God happened to do a work. No, God moves sovereignly by His Spirit in you in a supernatural manifestation of His Spirit and, and by the laying on of hands or, or whatever, He healed someone. Or, went, or that, the, that the miracle came. But what is it that you may prophesy? This is one of the vocal gifts. The, the, the gifts of the Spirit are divided into three subcategories. And this is one of the, the, the vocal gifts. There's three of them. Prophecy, vocal gift. Tongues, various tongues, vocal gift, various languages. Interpretation of tongues, vocal gifts. There's three gifts of the Spirit, manifestations of the Spirit that will come vocally. They are all, they are all, tongues, and let's talk about tongues and interpretation in a minute. It is not babble. It is not random blah, blah, blahs. It is an unknown language that you, that is supernaturally given to the, to the speaker that they have never, that they have never learned. Never taught, never learned. It's supernatural. It's a manifestation of the Spirit. What is the interpretation? We're talking about the vocal gifts. We're, we're going to go to prayer in just a minute, but we're, but we're going to pursue these things for the next few. Because we need them in the church. In the time, in the hour that we live, more than in my lifetime or your lifetime, we need the gifts of the Spirit. See, when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, tongues and, and interpretation of tongues need each other. You, you shouldn't have one without the other. Hold on a second. I'm trying to cover a lot and a little, but I want you to understand that, that we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. 
that you, if you have a message in tongues, there, it should be followed by an interpretation in tongues. They're both the supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit operating. in. A, this is talking about the public. All of this is talking about in the public forum of worship. It's talking about in the group meeting of the church. It's talking about when we're gathered together. You, I've heard people want to make big arguments over people that pray in tongues in a service. And they say, well, they shouldn't pray in tongues because there's no interpretation. That is a completely separate other thing than from the gifts of the Spirit. There's... there's there's the times when the Bible talks about that we pray from us to God. It's a private thing. It's, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a, uh edification to the body. It's private. Well, I skipped it so we can go back to it in a minute. It, it talks about, well, I'll get to it. I don't want to get ahead of myself, making sure I don't get ahead. But what we're talking about here is pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. See, in the Pentecostal movement, we've hung our hat on tongues and interpretation. Don't, let, don't you dare hear me t- preaching against it because Paul said, I thank God. I said, I thank God that I, that, I, that I speak in tongues more than all of you. There was no belittling or making smaller the gift of, of tongues and interpretations. He said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. So he wasn't, in the same chapter, he wasn't belittling it. But he said, I especially would desire that you prophesy. Gift of the Spirit, manifestation of the Spirit, prophecy. Why would, it be the, why would it be the focus of what you should especially seek after? Because, see, prophecy, just like tongues and interpretations, is a supernatural act, a supernatural manifestation through a Spirit-filled believer where, where they speak by manifestation of the Spirit on behalf of God Himself. I'll say it again. Tongues and interpretation is the same thing. But tongues, but tongues is, 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 you can't understand it. You need someone to give the, to take the, the interpretation of what they just said, right? He said, tongues is great, but I'd rather you prophesy. Why? Because it's understandable. You don't have to wait on anything. It is, it is literally, I want you to get a hold of this, I want, so I'm going to say it again. When somebody stands up and gives, like Mark came to the front this morning, he had written it down and come and gave what God would say. That was a supernatural manifestation, gift of the Holy Spirit, where, where for a, a moment that someone literally speaks on behalf of God himself to God's people. The gift of prophecy. And if there was ever a day we, that we needed to hear from God, it is now. It is now, especially that you may prophesy, especially that people can, under, that can hear what God is supernaturally saying to his church right then without any go-between. I desire that you prophesy. Amazingly, 
In the Pentecostal world, never mind that because the denominational world largely doesn't even believe it, but they're beginning to. <laughs> they're beginning to need the gifts of the Spirit again. So amazingly, and it was talk about us, we, we have begun to, to push away as whole movements. We've pushed away tongues and interpretations because we believe it drives people off. We talk about that in these closing moments. I got news for you. That's a lie. Oh, we're, do you know what we're, we're literally doing? We're, we are literally going to the foolishness of men. We're literally going to, to we're, we're standing in disobedience to God. We are literally telling God he doesn't know what he's talking about, that we have found a better way. That we'll put the gifts in the back room. We'll leave it up to the pastor when they operate. We treat the Holy Spirit like he's a crazy uncle. Somebody listen to me. That, that's, that it belongs to him. It's, we, when we come here, the, the church, Jesus is the, the head of the church. We are the body of Christ. The church belongs to him. It doesn't belong to us. And he told us how it was to operate. And we have no right to shove the Holy Spirit up in the attic or in the back room like he's a crazy uncle that you bring him out every once in a while and let him do his thing. That's not how it is. We think people aren't going to come. We're going to, our, friend, our friends will be driven out and they'll be embarrassed when the fact of the matter is, is that it's you that's embarrassed about it. The fact of the matter is, is you, is you doubt God and in His plan for His church and you are afraid that your friends are going to think you're crazy. You are afraid your family is going to think you went off of your religious rocker. You are afraid that somebody's going to think that you, the butter slipped off of your noodle. He, you are the one that is changing the order of the thing because it said, because we're, we're saying no tongues, no interpretation in the service because it drives people away. Whatever, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 tells us clearly that that tongue, so tongues verse 22 are a sign not to believers but to the unbeliever but prophecy does not serve the unbelievers but believers now hold on think about what he just said in one verse Think about it. Listen to me. Think about it. Therefore, tongues are a sign not to those who believe, but to the unbeliever. But prophecy is not for the unbeliever, but for those who believe. Now, how in the world does that make sense? Can we think about that a second? Why would, the, why would prophecy not benefit the unbeliever? I can tell you why. It's real simple. They just believe it's some guy up there talking. They can understand. Oh, I've heard all that before. See, it's the believer who is, who is already, who's already a child of God, who's already full of the Spirit, that whenever the gifts of the Spirit begin to manifest in prophecy, that they, that they recognize it spirit to spirit. We operate spirit to spirit. His spirit bears witness with my spirit. Remember that the reason it edifies the believer is because he because he's already, he's already one with the Father. He recognizes what's being said, that it's, from, that it's a supernatural utterance. But see, the believer, you come in, the, uh, the believer, you can just talk to him. He says, I desire that you prophesy. The un Why would tongues be a sign to the unbeliever? I've seen it all of my life. 
I thank God for my heritage. I was raised in some powerhouse Pentecostal churches, and I'm thanking God for it. We've all missed out. If you missed out, you missed out. But we don't have to miss out because we can have it now. We can have it now. We, can have, we, sh- we, we should have more, not less. We don't say amen because we literally don't know what we're missing. We literally don't. You know why we don't desire some things? Because we literally do not know what we're missing. But what I've seen all of my life is when the unbeliever, when they're at the end of their, they come, they don't, they don't believe a thing. I don't know how many times I've seen people come in with me, with friends, with family, or you can just see it written on their face. They'd rather be anywhere in the world than where they're at. They come to satisfy somebody. They come to get somebody off of their back. Their life is in a mess. They hate God. They hate everything about it. Have you ever seen them? Have you ever seen them come in sold up like a, like a poison dog sitting on the back row somewhere and you move me if you can? And the Spirit of God began to move in a place and somebody stand to give a message in tongue and you can see the scared come over their face. It's amazing what people are scared of. They'll go mess with the devil all week and run with him and not scared of a thing. You get a spirit-filled believer that begins to give an utterance in tongues and they, and they, and they about have a runaway. But there's something about the atmosphere when the spirit begins to move because I see they have, they're, they're a spiritual being. We're spiritual beings. We're spirit, soul, and body. See, the, the spirit of God begins to deal with their spirit. Nobody has to tell them. Because spirit to spirit, he begins to move and deal. And every hair on their head and on their back of their neck, and every, you've been there, where, where, where when the Spirit of God begins to envelop a place that, that, that their spiritual senses are heightened and they hear this person stand up and declare and, and something that doesn't make sense to them, but then it'll be followed by somebody that says, Thus saith the Lord. And it's brought quickly to their heart. And what they've just heard, what they, they've just witnessed for themselves, the supernatural moving of a Spirit of God on somebody to speak in a language that they've never learned. And for somebody else to stand up and give the word from heaven of what was just manifested in the service. And it changes everything they believe. Because they come in a doubter. They come in a scoffer. They come in an unbeliever. And supernaturally, by the gifts of the Spirit, God speaks to their heart and changes everything about them, even when they don't understand. Understand it. It's, see that prophecy is for the believer, but tongues and interpretation is for the unbeliever. We need his gifts in the church today. I never I need his gifts in my life. And so do you. I believe it. Brandon, you can come. We're fixing to pray. The wake-up call is what's on the news. When you're turning on the news and you can't believe your eyes and it gets worse all the time, we've talked about that. That is the wake-up call. That's what... That... that the whole earth is groaning. He's trying to get our attention. I said it all last week. I'm going to say it again. That we can yell at the darkness. We can scream at the depravity. We can, we can, we can stand and, and, and 
yell at the dark all we want to, but it would be better if we would pursue love and seek the gifts, especially that we prophesy. In other words, the darkness is going to be there. What good does it do to scream at the darkness? When we can bring the light of the Spirit. It says the light came into the world and the darkness could not comprehend it and cannot overcome it. There's one thing about this dark world. You can, you, can, you can open up light in the darkness and it'll overtake it, but you can't open up dark in the light. It won't work. See, we always serve something. that should. We should think about what I just said. We serve something that cannot be overcame. The darkness can't win over the light. You'll never one time see somebody bring in a barrel of dark and open in this light room and darkness overcome it. We're not going to yell at the darkness. We're going to bring the light. Pursue love. Desire the gifts. Especially that you may prophesy. Who's going to fill their shoes? Mark sucks. I see great men and women of God that seem to be leaving. By the dozens. And every time I lose one of them, I think, God. Who's going to fill their shoes? And it's a legitimate question, but we've got to come to the place. Stand with me across this place. We have got to come to the place where whenever, that, whenever, whenever people go home and they're, and, and they're no longer with us, who, who's going to be the tenacious prayer warrior that, that Barbara Tisdale was? Who's going to be the preacher that Bobby Johnson was, Burt Clendenin was. Who's gonna, who's gonna stand and 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 call in the miracles that Smith Wigglesworth did, more and others? And there's more. So it's a good question. But we have got to come to the place where we're like Isaiah, and we say, "Here I am." See, it's a volunteer organization. Everybody that's in this kingdom, in this army, signed up. If we're going to see the desires of the heart, we're going to have to volunteer. When the great preachers go on, the ones that change the world, there's going to have to be some that say, I'll do it. I'll do it. Lord, if you'll enable me, if you'll, if you'll anoint me, if you'll empower me, I'll do it. When the prayer warriors leave and go to their reward, somebody's going to have to say, I will. When somebody has got to be willing to be used in prophecy, just say, I will. I'll do it. Then walk in it.
Pursue love. Desire the gifts. Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight. I believe we've heard from you the desires of your heart. God, I believe that the call is going out. I believe that, that, that you are still recruiting, that you are still empowering, that, you're, that, you've, not, that you've not changed, that you're no respecter of, of persons, that if you raised one up to do exploits in your name, that you'll raise up another, that you're not going to leave their shoes unfilled. Lord, I pray against the religious barricades and the denominational uh, strongholds and the denominational pride that keeps people from just believing you and taking you at your word. Lord, that, the, that the, maybe the, the, the voices in a home that said you can't whenever you're saying you can, that, you will, that your voice will come to the top and, and faith will arise in someone's heart tonight and they'll say, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Lord, your word is clear that you will always have a people. That even in the perilous, dangerous times, that that's when your church is going to shine the brightest. We know the light is the brightest when, it's, when the surroundings are the darkest. Lord, set a lighthouse on the hill. Your word declares that a city set on a hill cannot be hid. Said so we're the light of the world, the salt of the earth. And Lord, let us pursue our role. In Jesus' name. If you had come this tonight, we're going to gather and pray.